Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace, Embrace You First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Hey guys, welcome back. We are super excited to continue our conversation with Greg Denning. And if you haven't checked it out, you got to go back and listen, watch. He's freaking super awesome. And so to start, I would love to start this podcast by having you, Greg, to share your background, your history. And, uh, you know, it like just touches my heart that you started off with nothing and we're living on the street. So I would love for you to actually fill in the details of that, which you did not go into in the last episode. So we'll start there and then work our way forward. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited. Um, Because of a a broken family experience, you know, stepdad's coming and going, I ended up on my own. And, and I was, there was times when I was homeless, I didn't have any place to stay. And, you know, I was trying to get a a job wherever I could at a a gas station in a really bad part of town, right? Or, or busing tables at a little restaurant or just anything to try to make ends meet. And, you know, those were, those were seriously tough years. Now I look back at them with like gratitude and that I went through the hard things and learned such great lessons and was real touched life in a, in a very raw and real and challenging way. Um, But I was, I was broke. Where were you? Like you were homeless? Were you homeless? So there was times, yeah, where, so I left home and I was trying to, trying to figure things out. Uh, I tried to go live with a a sibling and um, unfortunately there was a lot of drugs and alcohol and terrible stuff involved. And then, then I tried to get in an apartment or share a house or go here. And, And a couple of times, this is amazing. A couple of times there was good families that heard about my story and they just literally opened their doors to me. They said, you know what? You need, you need a place to stay for a few weeks. Come stay with us. And that, man, to this day, just so proud. There's so many good people. who are so helpful and so generous and so loving. And we go out of their way to help. And so I went through those years. I was super shy, uh, really reclusive, insecure, just fearful that I would, you know, experience depression and the, the anxieties and fears of life and the struggles of just trying to figure things out. But it created a hunger in me to know, like, if, if happiness and success is possible, I'm going to find out how. And then as I started learning and applying those things, it totally transformed my whole life. I, mean, I went from, from being totally broke and, and ignorant and, and just wondering how I was going to get my next meal to now this opportunity to travel the world with my whole family and experience the wonders of the world and, and go through things that like I didn't even, I didn't even dream of this stuff. I didn't even know it existed before. And now we're living it. Right. And, well, and most again, people don't even know. Right. Right. <laughs> now. Right. The coolest thing is, here's the coolest thing. Like, I, I, I say this all the time. 
if I can do it, then anyone can do it because I'm not, I'm not that exceptional. It's just, there's this recipe, there's this formula. And if we learn the pieces of the formula and we apply them, then we can, we can literally create total transformations in our lives and live the life that each of us uniquely wants to live. It doesn't have to be travel or whatever, but we can create the life we just absolutely love. So when you were destitute, were there times that you just wanted to give up? And you mentioned earlier that you had sibling that was into drugs and alcohol. Did you ever go that direction at all? Ah, good question. Um, man, I, yeah, there was times I wanted to give up. In fact, I remember a time period. I'm like, what's the point of living? Honestly, it's like, this seems so futile. It seems so discouraging and hopeless. Boy, if, you know, I think the worst feelings in the world are loneliness and hopelessness. Oh, man, that was terrible. Interestingly, I, I don't know why. I, I guess I give, I give credit to God. And, and just I, when I was in those situations, I was surrounded by people who were in drugs and alcohol and crime and domestic violence and all kinds of crazy addictions and things. For some reason, as a 16-year-old, I looked around and I'm like, I don't. I don't see how any of that will help my situation. That's and so, awesome. yeah, unique. I didn't touch it. I didn't go there. And I guess yeah. maybe my, wow. my siblings were an example. They're still, still just suffering drug addictions and alcohol addictions. And, and, and I was able to just look around and say, I don't, I don't think that's going to help me. And I don't want to stay here. I want to, I want to change. And so I was able to stay away from that and kind of climb out of, out of those situations. That's amazing. That that's with your own fortitude. Yeah. And that you came from a place like of almost like a rock bottom early and then you dug your way out. Did you ever have a mentor or a coach or somebody to help you along that way? Or did you just do it all on your own? That's a great question. I literally was thinking about that earlier this morning. I was like, man, I wish I would have had a coach like early on. This one, this would have cut years off the journey. Yeah, right, right. right. Like, Somebody could have just told me not to do that or tell me to do this. That would have been so fast. But my, my journey was, it was the slow way. And so, yes, I had, um, I had mentors, but in the form of books early on, right. it was shortly after I moved out on my own. I found this copy of this book. It didn't even have a cover on it. It was this old tattered book. And I started to read it. And it was called The Hiding Place by Corey Tindall. And it's a Don't story know it. About, oh, my goodness. That's life-changing. Okay. We have to put it in our show notes for everybody. Oh, so good. Yes. She, it was this family living in um, Holland during World War II. And they got captured for helping some Jews escape. And they got taken into concentration camps. And so they, that, that author, Corey Tindall, she became my first kind of mentor. And then somehow I got a copy of how to win friends and influence people. And man, did I need that book, right? <laughs> I need, it's like, I got to learn how to connect with people, build relationships. And then somebody gave me a copy of the power of positive thinking. And then I got, as a man thinketh, and then man search for meaning. And I just started to build this library of these great books and they became my mentors and coaches. And so it was a slower process and every once in a while, somebody put their arm around me, right? And say, hey, you got this. You can do this. Keep your head up. Keep going. Try this. And it was those touch points in those books that, that changed the course of my life. And, and it's really giving me this, this drive and purpose and mission to give back and to share what I've learned with others because there's, there's things that just work for all of us. 
And again, for those that have not watched our last episode, what you don't know is that Greg has seven kids, the first of which was adopted. So did you always want to adopt because of your actual background or how did that come about? Yeah, I did. So early on, um, you know, when I, when I was reaching my 20s, I thought, you know, I think I want to adopt because because I came from a rough situation. I saw lots and lots of children born into rough situations. I thought, you know, I want to adopt. And, and uh, had, as has now become part of our, our life <laughs> philosophy, Rachel and I are, are very ready, fire, aim people. And we just, we grab something, we just dive in. And so we'd only been married a year. And we're like, you know what? Let's adopt. And our daughter is African-American. And w- well, part of that process was we learned how many African-American babies were just needed homes. Yes. And had, had been born into some really, really tough situations. And so we're like, you know what, sweetheart, let's, let's adopt. Let's, let's get a baby and, and give her, give her a, a better life, a better shot life. So yeah. We how just, old was she? She was five days old. Oh and, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So her, and her mom had, had lived some really, really difficult, you know, drugs and alcohol and in the ghettos. And, and so there's, there's been some challenges and, and struggles along there, but it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful journey. It still is. That's awesome. All right. Now, Tanya, before we dropped off the last conversation, you had this beautiful, awesome, exciting question. Do you remember what that was? (laughs) I think, um, yeah. So I think I just wanted to know, um, were we talking about relationships at that point or kids? I don't know. I can't remember. Do you remember the question? I don't remember the question because I thought of the answer. (laughs) I was like, oh, yes. Oh, great. There's yeah, awesome. this idea we're talking about marriages and you're like, what are, what are these little nuggets, these aha moments where oh, things the nuggets. Clicked, they clicked for us, right? And I remember kind of going in the marriage journey of trying to figure out how to work with, how to live with another human being and stay in yes. love, yes. right? And this one's, this one's critical. I see it a lot. We lose the spark and the passion and the romance in our marriages and, you know, after, after several years, it's easy to slip into this pattern of like just living as roommates and then you're like, Ooh, <laughs> you lose the excitement of it. So here's an aha we had that it just clicked. And one day Rachel was able to articulate it. We were talking and she's like, you know what? She's like, my mind is like a computer browser with lots of open tabs. And she's like, yes. I've got all these tabs open, <laughs> right? And if you have too many open tabs, like the little ball, <laughs> the little processing ball, you're like, yes, no, yes, yes. 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 And she's yeah. like, I got all this stuff going on. And I'm and it, and the, the male brain is like, what's the problem here? Like I can compartmentalize everything. Like uh, I've got this problem and I'll just set it aside and we can do this or do that. I, I can separate it. And she was like, one night, she's like, I can't. I have all these open tabs and I've got to close some tabs before I can focus on other things. And that didn't make sense to me because my mind didn't operate like that. But I realized that's how her mind operates. She's got all these open tabs and she has to close some tabs before she works on other things. That was a game changer for me. Mm. It totally transformed the way we connect and work together. And in fact, specifically for sex and intimacy, right? You're like, 
like, well, come on, babe. And she's like, well, I've got all these open tabs. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, but once I understood that, now I can, we, we work together. And I'm like, and I'll even ask, like, what are your open tabs? What are some things you're thinking about? And sometimes she'll need to talk through them. Sometimes she'll need to, hey, this needs to be done. And, and we work together, understanding each other now. And she understands me. She understands how, how my mind works and, and what my needs and desires are. And having that understanding was totally transformational in our, in our marriage, like just to get her. So women are often, we pride on being multitaskers, but I think we're just really good single taskers, really. Like, it's just that we have so many things like yours. I love the that analogy, like the, the open tabs, we have to just kind of close them down and focus and learn a little bit from that kind of single tasking, must hunt, bring back food kind of, you know, I am... <laughs> man, I guess, so that we can actually focus and just close that all down. So I love that you address it so that it can be moved on and that you're just open to that. And I'm sure you help other men be aware of this because it's something, again, going back to that intimacy in the bedroom where, um, you know, you're, you're basically saying like you have the conversation before the connection and that's part of that. Right. So that the, it's wonderful. I love it. Thank you for sharing. I that. love it too. I just want to add in though. So I'm going to counter it a wee bit. So our, sure. as women, we are designed to multitask, right? So men, if we're going to go back to the hunter gathering days, the men are the hunters, women are gatherers and take care of a child and, you know, look for danger in the moment while the men are out. So we are wired for that. It's just, I think in our modern day culture, it's just, we have way too many tabs open. Like I can yes. tell you right now, I've got like 15 tabs open on my, t- on my computer. My husband looks looks at me like, who the heck are you? Like, why do you have, no, no, no. I need to keep them up. Right. <laughs> don't, close right? Those. But don't close those. But I think what you're addressing though, too, is like, I think it's okay to have some tabs open. It's just not so many that you have that little swirly circle thing that you're talking about. Does that make it's sense? Like, it's like Love addressing it. the mental load and, and helping her with the mental load, right? So that she either addresses it or closes it. And, and to be intimate, you can't, ha- can't, you can't be multitasking when you're intimate. I mean, you could, but like you want to be focused sure. and present and five senses, like be very together. But if you're like thinking, well, seven kids, I can imagine the mental load, like of all <laughs> these things with each child, you know, and yeah. All the, yeah. Like, do you guys keep a, like, did you, you know, follow, um, uh, oh, what's the woman who, what's the woman's name who basically declutters and like keeps everything in its spot. Oh, and like you Marie. kind of. So do you guys follow yeah. her or, and, oh, and totally. get the kids involved to, to yes. organize? Yep. We, we would, we would sit down, right. Whenever we kind of settle in an area for a while, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll like have the watch, the kids watch an episode. You know what we did? It was super funny. We'd watch an episode of hoarders first and then an episode. Oh. Of- <laughs> And it's just like, That's brilliant. like, okay, I'm getting rid of stuff. <laughs> right. That's cool. Well, and you would have to in your lifestyle because you guys travel from place to place. I mean, do you have a place that you actually call home or is it my home is where we are in the moment? So the, the bulk of it is, is that like wherever, wherever we settle down, we're going to call that our space. And it's interesting. We've, we've all as a family, We've been, become accustomed to that, right? And we've set up home bases. So we have a we have a place we rented um, in the states, and we have a we have actually have a house in Guatemala. And um, our dream 
our dream is to have a chateau in the French Alps. That's kind of where we're moving next once the world kind of opens up. Um, but, but I want to share a principle that I think will be helpful for all families, no matter our circumstances or situations. We, at first, we kind of went minimalist, right? We're like, well, traveling, you can't take a ton of stuff. But then we switched to what we call like essentialism. And you only keep in your life the things that really bring value to you, the things that are meaningful. Because, and I'm sure most of us can relate to this, it's easy to get too much stuff. And then you're taking care of your stuff and thinking about your stuff and moving your stuff and packing your stuff and cleaning your stuff and insuring your stuff. And you're, you know, you're like Thoreau said, your possessions begin to possess you. And so if we can get it down to like, what's essential, what really matters, what's important and keep that in our lives and cut out the rest, it actually frees up a ton of space for all of us to feel like we have more freedom and more space and more control and, and less chaos. Super and, and that's that's beyond the physical realm too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what gets reflected around you b- becomes part of who you are as a human being. Yes. Right? Great insight. Yeah. Just a funny little uh, tangent. I, re- I remember reading that um, back to the Stone Age concept that as women, we're trying to constantly keep things in their place so that we're, if a predator is around, we're not going to get hunted. So we want to make sure that like, you know, we are aware of the, the predator and if everything's organized, then, you know, it, it's uh, like we're less likely to get eaten. Um, and men, again, like we're talking women's men's brains, uh, you know, men off hunting and then they come back there. So they're less aware. And so they're, it's easier for them to walk past the messy pile. And as soon as I heard that, that was an aha moment because I'm like, OK, so less anger at the fact that I'm just going around picking up things and multitasking, like you said, Mary, but then it's like also um, recognizing like, you know, you can cross over roles now that we're like Western society in the 2021, you know, and then, and that, but not to be resentful about needing the environment clean and decluttering. And I love not having attachment to things. And then you can actually play with the very few things that you do have, right? Not having attachment, but actually spending time with the one toy, not 10. And then just organizing those 10, you have one toy and you play with that one toy, you know, just that that concept. Yeah. And think how much easier it is to manage all that. Like you get it down to essential, like I can manage this. And then I love how you said, let's cross those roles. Let's support each other. If I understand how important that is to my wife, I can help her. If she understands what's important to me, she can help me. Oh man, it's, it makes family life amazing. Yeah. You guys seem to have it totally down. I love it. It's amazing. And I think um, one of the things that I would love to know is, is uh, how do your kids, like if this is just a norm for them. So do they like, when you hang out with other children, or do you find, I mean, pre-COVID, are there big differences or like, what do you see? Like, is there like a, like a difference between your family and their family and their interactions or like, you know, just like the family dynamics? I would, I'm just curious. Oh, that's a great question. We, early on, we decided, you know what, what, what is it? How do we want to interact with the world and with people? And we, we talked through it, we worked through it, read about it, and we realized, you know what, we want, we want our entire family, so first us as parents and adults and then our children, to be comfortable with anyone, anywhere. We wanted our kids to be able to sit in a hut in India on the dirt floor with a family who has virtually nothing and be totally comfortable to connect with them and, and see them 
you know, as the beautiful, wonderful, inspiring people they are. We wanted our children also to be able to, you know, be in a mansion that to, with millions and millions of dollars or on a yacht or on a private island and, and be comfortable there as well and everything in between. Um, in fact, one of my, my personal definition for social leadership is to be able to have a meaningful conversation with anyone, anywhere, at any time. Mm. And so we've been really conscious and deliberate about cultivating that and modeling it and helping our kids have conversations across culture, across religion, across politics, different views, perspectives, across wealth, and different demographics. And so, you know, sometimes it's a little difficult because if, if like if a, if a youth has had only one experience their entire life and my son rolls in, he's like, yeah, we've circled the globe. <laughs> and and you, right. you know, you're like, what? <laughs> What's crazy? <laughs> but they find ways to connect. And we, and yeah. we've, you know, we've, we talk through that. We work through it. We want to be able to just connect with people everywhere. And so our, our kids are actually, they're, and I'm, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not boasting or bragging. We've just been talking about training and conditioning. So our kids are super confident and they'll roll in and they'll talk to people and make friends where we go. And so our children literally have friends all over the globe. That's, super that's awesome. And you have a course for families, right? What is that program called? Uh, Extraordinary yeah, so Family. There's the Extraordinary Family Life Formula. Um, this was several years ago. We sat down we're like, what are, what are the common denominators that every family in every situation or lifestyle, what are the common denominators that we can all use to just you know, have, have more of the things about less stress, less burden, less conflict, more joy, more, more peace, more happiness, more connection. And so we came up with the Extraordinary Family Life Formula. And so we kind of put that into a course that we have, and, and we have actually group coaching built around that. But it just takes, I'll give you a real basic rundown, and it takes, we, we call it the, the fundamental five, right? And it's you first, working on yourself, then your marriage, then your parenting, then your family culture, and then your family finances. And we found that if you, if you apply the basic principles and practices that just work in those five areas, it starts to build this family lifestyle and family culture that is smooth and productive. And you're moving in the direction you want instead of feeling like you're always stuck or trapped. I love it. And, and this, you know, points to when you, we were talking earlier, it's like, gosh, I wish I had a coach when I was younger, so I had less suffering. So you're actually creating these courses for people who have less suffering in their family. And then it prevents, you know, breakups. Instead of leaning away, it's like everybody leans in, right? Everyone's thriving. And yes. thriving. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for creating this. And maybe, you know, uh, um, if you want to get in touch with Greg Denning on Instagram, you can go to greg.denning, find him there. And I, I guess all your particulars on there so that they can reach out and find you. So that's I'm really excited to and awesome. I'm excited to listen to his podcast too, the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast, right? So yes. in addition to those courses, he's got a podcast going. It's amazing. No, maybe we can jump on that one too. We'll do like yeah. a little chat there. <laughs> so our time is nearly up, but um, you know, again, every time we conclude, we love asking what fills your cup today. So let's do that. And then before we do that, I just want to um, announce that Dr. Tanya and I, you know, when we're talking about having a great family life, we also created a program, um, online program in the very bite-sized modules for 
postpartum women because who the heck has enough time to watch a course for like an hour at a time, right? So it's like totally doable bite-sized chunks to help you thrive in the moment, even when you think, holy cow, I can't do this, right? So you can look to that, more about that on embraceyoufirst.com. So with that, Greg, tell us what has filled your cup in this moment today, yesterday, your life. Love it. it. Before I do that, can I just like praise and honor you too and, and say thank you for what you're doing? I mean, these at course for moms and women, oh man, it's the most, it's the most important work in the world in, in my experience. And it's so beautiful. So thank you for what you're doing. It's so special. That's so special. Oh, you're so thank sweet. you. Thank you. No, you thank are you. too. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and that's where we have the mutual love. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna sign my husband up for your um, I know, me too. for yeah. being a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, well, it helps men be men, and when they feel more manly, more alive, boy, they show up more for you and for the kids yeah. and for the community. It's super special. But to answer your question, yeah. as I've been thinking about it, um, one thing that just fills my heart and soul is to create beautiful memories with my family. If I can take my sweetheart and our kids and we can go, we, we call ourselves memory gatherers, right? And we're just gathering these memories. It's, it's not a tangible thing. It's not some stuff that'll go old or get stolen or robbed and lost. It's, it's something we'll have with us for the rest of our lives. Are these unbelievable memories and special experiences that again, that's can be done from anywhere in the world. You don't have to travel to do this. But you just have to be intentional to do it. Just collect and create memories and experiences as a family. And it's it's the things we will all cherish the most in life. Love that. I love that. Memory gathering. So beautiful. If you loved this podcast, please like it and share and comment and subscribe if you haven't already done so. Thank you so much, Craig, for joining us. Thank you. Amazing. like and share please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover until next time ask yourself how are you going to embrace you first today for more podcasts check out embraceyoufirst.com and follow us on instagram facebook and youtube